this does not <laughs> this is not how professionals do it okay so we're, we are sat on the side of the Tyne there are lights oh, flickering in the top of the water so romantic and uh, uh, I don't know how windy it is I've, I've not used a, a mic shield I've noticed that. I thought you were a professional. What's going on with the world these days? It's Newcastle. It's bringing out the humanity in you. I love how you got where we are into that sentence because I'm not very good at placing us right now. It is towards the end of the night at the end of Thinking Digital. Uh, and this or being... just the beginning? You, I don't know what time it is, to be <laughs> honest. It's, we've been here too long drinking too many amazing stories. And, and now let's share one because... Um, we haven't been together in the same physical space since it's been one and a half decades minus one and you are i'm dave thackeray at dave thackeray as you know too well are one of your greatest admirers of the newsletter sadly yet to convert oh (laughs) do you know i just for saying that i'll sub I'll sub you some time. I'll just drop the phone on the floor. Hang on. Um, I'll sub experience for you. No, no, well, it's listen, good. I mean, what's quite exciting? Hang on. What's very exciting is I've just been given three months free subscription to NordVPN, which yeah. is Lithuania's second unicorn, don't you know? The things we learn at Thinking Digital. That, weirdly to me, that's not a selling point. Like, we make loads and loads and loads and loads and loads of money, so we must be good. It's not necessarily, I don't know, for me, I, I, I measure value differently. I don't know if you saw Tom Scott's great video. Tom Scott, also alumni of this hallowed event that we see in front of us. But Tom Scott did a parody of the adverts because Nord, NordVPN is a great VPN provider. Um, but VPNs in general are parodied to a great extent because they are a, a popular podcasting advertiser and he did a great one on a beach where he was saying VPNs are great but actually what does anybody use them for which is fabulous but Tom Scott did a video and this is why I wanted to sort of come onto this in a roundabout kind of way Tom Scott did a video recently he does a uh, Tom Scott Plus YouTube channel where he went flying on a micro light with birds in France and the reason why I mentioned that and again another roundabout segue is that sitting here with you on the Tyne as dusk falls, as sunset arouses all of our senses, it feels very much like being on one of France's great rivers, say the, the Midi. And I can imagine, I can't imagine anybody that I'd rather be on a canal boat with, listening to reminiscences from the great Christian Payne. So oh, come there on. the segue is complete. <laughs> oh, I tell you, Gateshead is amazing. We're actually sat in Gateshead right now, and... Newcastle is amazing and it's one of the few cities that I think I could actually live in even though I've only ever spent like the occasional day here it I might be like totally wrong but there might be locals going oh the homelessness oh the violence oh the, the choosiest resident then <laughs> <laughs> gay said college I, I would imagine that you've lectured there in some uh, I don't know if I have it's magnificent I mean they've had I was talking just before to a, an ex student of the place who'd been there 40 years ago I used to work for and I'm quite happy to say this I used to work for the DWP and one of my fellow engineers that DWP I just DWP explained for f- overseas listeners of course may we it's the Department for Work and Pensions it's a department of the uh, UK government and I, I happened to come across uh, an engineer a fellow engineer from Long Benton which is uh, the office 
on the Tyne representing DWP it's shared with uh, HMRC uh, and he was telling me that he was at Gateshead College when it was an absolute mess and now it, Phoenix from the ashes it's a remarkable spot so with this this whole place I think it suits you but I wouldn't move from where you're living you know you're home county's boy you know I it's, am a village a boy to be honest I do like I do like a short walk to the countryside if that's possible so <laughs> but it is a great space I mean there's very few rivers of the world that have this kind of character and complexion um, can I tell you what I pitched to thinking digital for next year so I I've crossed this river more than once because my hotel's on the other side from the venue and the venue is being redeveloped or a section near the entrances so we've had to go around the back door which is <laughs> slightly <laughs> annoying and there's nothing meant by that particular statement everything about you is contorted isn't it <laughs> I, I, I do appreciate the slight warping of reality occasionally so but for me I, I saw that river and I remembered the, the joy I've had in a boat and I thought next year I'd just like to be the storytelling ferryman Where, whatever license I need whatever whoever I need to convince from the Tyneside Maritime authorities <laughs> or whatever it is I would like to I would instead of these bloody bridges I've got to walk up because I've been going over this there's a behind us there is the silhouette of a huge bloody bridge that I've been crossing forgetting that there's a lower pedestrian one right behind it so i i want to be the ferryman i want to take people from the hotel to the venue that would be my speaking platform life is always easier on a lower level now and just to prove that i was at a design thinking session yesterday by justine from the blooming papyrus Yes. The fictional animal that's composed. No, no, platypus. Of... Yeah, that'll do. Yeah. We're happy with that. It's been a while. It's been a long night. We had a papyrus video we today. with pee. We're taking the pee. <laughs> and she said to me, she said, there are four bridges across this city. Which other city in the world has an identical number of bridges? And I was stood over in Newcastle at last night's dinner, and I was pondering and perplexed and didn't know what my answer was and I said I'd give up because I'm thinking about all the great cities you know Hong Kong no Sydney of course not Gateshead and that's the confusing aspect of what we're doing here it's like we don't understand that cheek by jowl we've got these two entirely different conurbations because I'm sure that Gateshead isn't a city but it's a fabulous <laughs> has it got Gateshead Cathedral but then Preston has a cathedral there's always messing one. with the algorithm <laughs> we had a great talk today about algorithms and we talked about um what was the guy that was talking about uh music and he had his own term for algorithms and it was it was rhythm rhythm or word to that extent i think the good thing about thinking bringing it back to why we're here though i think thinking digital for me uh and i've been talking to and i've been evangelizing for Herb because you know I've, I've you, you you know Herb a lot better than I do but for 14 years Herb's always been on my horizon because he's the guy that you go to if you need to know anything about technology across the north of England and way beyond and I know he's very keen on his American roots and stuff but I've never known a conference I mean apart from the fact that he brought you and I together which is obviously the most important thing of all I've never known a conference that's so friendly welcoming and is just full of serendipitous discoveries you don't need speed networking everybody's a friend and that's a just that, that, unparalleled for you me you don't need speed networking everybody's a friend yeah Herb is the conduit Herb is the catalyst 
and Herb is such a champion of this region. It's yeah. it's incredible to think what has happened in the northeast because of not only some of the conversations that have happened in that beautifully organic like globulous building we're, we're sat next to but also in the places we are now the corridors and the bars and the restaurants and the hotels because it's got photographer john i remember yes john? oh my god photographer john bring, bring him, him over bring him over bring him over go and steal i've sent dave over to go and pick up photographer john who i'm going to be very sycophantic if he comes over because he um he really is one of the finest storytellers i have witnessed in a very long time in the flesh and i don't even know if i've got enough charge in the battery to capture it but if you end up hearing him then um john um to, may i say have a seat for a second okay. if you're okay how long have we got you for because i'll see you in a minute dave now i've just been speaking to dave yeah. Would you mind? No, 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 no. It's noisier over there. Oh, That's yes. The oh, no worries. But, no worries. But briefly, if we, if we can... Su- <laughs> I came out with a jacket because I remember what this place is like. But um, master storyteller. You probably don't picture yourself as this, even though every photograph you take... Give me your Twitter name. Oh, it's photographer John. John without the H. J-O-N. J-O-N, which... I can't, couldn't believe you got photographer, John, but it might be your connection to Twitter that assisted. I don't know. No, I just got lucky with it. Yeah. Now, I sat there, front row, oh, nice. captured you. Uh, I'm documentally on Twitter, and I shared a couple of pictures of you in action, but to be honest, very little because I was absolutely gripped. Your storytelling, second to none. If I, if I had to pick a favorite storyteller from the entire event, and I hate oh. doing that, but... <laughs> the way that you painted the picture in words was mind-blowing. And it's hard for you to share that same story, but give us a little bit of an outline about what have you taught today, please. Uh, um, in, in short, that's tough. Uh, well, I, I took a, a photograph of the Great American Eclipse, which it ended up being called uh, first eclipse that went across the United States in 99 years. Uh I had envisioned seeing it since I was 12 years old, and I, my geography teacher in seventh grade taught us all about eclipses, and I was just so enamored and in awe that this existed. Ran home from school, and I'm like, Mom and Dad, have you ever seen a, an eclipse before, a total solar eclipse? And they're like, no, and I just couldn't meet anybody that had seen one of these, and I just thought, how have I never heard of this? So. Fast forward many years, uh, I... And this is the key for me, the fact yeah. that some photographers do assignments over a period of time. Salgado and other such amazing documentarians yeah. will spend time doing stuff. But the anticipation for you as a child, realizing that they've got to wait a huge period of time oh, before yeah. they can actually huge do period. something about it. Like 20 years, yeah, which felt like eternity. And... Um, yeah, and so I used to uh, also build and launch model rockets growing up. Uh, you know, some of them went thousands of feet up in the air, you know, a couple meters tall. And um, uh, I had one rocket that wa- there was a camera on the nose cone, and it would take photos of the Earth, you know, from high up above. And I, I 
there was a seed planted within me during that time, and that was this love for photography, but I didn't know it until years later when I was in my 20s. I picked up my first camera, and just out of curiosity, and, and, uh, and I just taught myself, and um, just a year later, I was shooting professionally, and it just, uh, a lot of things just clicked, and then uh, about a year after that, so about two years after I started shooting, I learned something called astrophotography, and which is basically merging astronomy with photography, because uh, I've always been in love with astronomy my whole life, so when I realized I could merge those two passions together, that was you know, really the, the culmination of all my passions and I uh, really hit the ground running and would spend endless nights in the middle of nowhere shooting the stars and trying to hone my craft. Um, but uh, so, so leading up to the eclipse, I kept wondering, you know, especially when it was approaching, you know, a year or two before the eclipse, and it slowly started hitting the news and then by, the, you know, within a week of the eclipse, it was all over the news. Over 200 million people participated. It broke all these online viewing records. So it actually it ended up becoming the most photographed moment in history. And, you know, as a photographer, what do you do? Where do you go for this once-in-a-lifetime moment? And especially, how do you get a unique photo of something that literally millions of people are also photographing? So I... Um, I, I have another passion though, and it's it's flying. So I've been flying powered hang gliders for about ten years, uh, and other aircraft too. But that's my favorite type of aircraft. And I, uh, with these, you know, with flying and astronomy and photography, all these passions, I think that was the reason why. And part of those rocket launches growing up too, I I had this idea, and I thought, you know, if I could get up high enough in the air during the eclipse, if I could actually be inside the moon shadow as the moon shadow is being cast on the Earth's surface, if you could get up high enough, could you actually see the shape of the moon, the moon shadow on the Earth and moving at over 2,000 miles per hour, you know? So, so that was, selfishly, I just wanted to see that for myself. And, um, and so as a photographer, I wondered, could I actually capture that moment so that you know, in an evocative way and do what's called a photographic mosaic and uh, so I could print it huge one day uh, and, and actually document this fleeting, beautiful, historic moment and so I could share that with others, you know, the other people can enjoy that moment from a unique perspective and, and it happened. So I, um, I was very, very determined when I had this idea, I couldn't get it out of my head after that. So I knew for sure I was going to be in the air somehow, but I didn't know how yet. And so uh, <laughs> I didn't realize how quite how expensive private jet flights were. So <laughs> couldn't really do that at the time, uh, uh, even though I did consider it. But um, about, a, I guess I'm going to tell you the whole story. Um, <laughs> I'm loving it. Uh, if you've got time, if you've got time. No, I, just, I just want to make sure my friends... Well, new friends. I just met them tonight, but I just want to make sure they you know, leave you here. Well, that they know I didn't. Story. It's Dave again here. Just before he tells the story, your session today changed lives. And I, I, I mean that without hesitation. And I don't mince my words. I'm a journalist by trade. So, you know, I tend to sort of move the tooth around. But in all seriousness, it was great because there was so much humanity in it. 
and, and, and as you explained yourself and people's eyes just expanded like I've never seen people before I've met people here I've been with people for years and I just want to say a really huge thanks because you kind of just gave Thinker Digital a new dimension we've not seen before and I think we have heard some really good human stories this year it's something that we really needed after the pandemic um, and a lot of the stuff is the analytical or the reportage but you kind of brought everything together for me which was just so and, thank you for and, making and a trip that, that, that makes yeah that makes I really appreciate that and and for me for me um, I talk about one of the things that this conference does is um, and I, what what I might do to save your time is link to the I video oh, you, yeah, yeah. no no oh, if you, you want to finish I mean yeah, but yeah. if I mean, you want to finish I'm already halfway there yeah yeah let's do it let's do it because the story of, of, of serendipity connections and the roll-on effect, the takeaway is for me, I come here, one of the main reasons I come here is to remove the cynicism from the, the entire tech world and our interactions online. Everything that happens, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, having been a very kind of an early adopter of Twitter and my passion for this connectivity and seeing how so many mechanisms of interaction are kind of being a little bit twisted and tainted, coming here it removes all of that again reminds me of how we use this tool and we use these spaces for the stuff you're talking about please continue okay <laughs> um i just realized uh, my phone is somewhere over there <laughs> could you grab it for him it's just an iphone okay yeah i'll grab the phone thanks chris <laughs> uh, what's his name sorry I, I don't know. New friend. New friend. <laughs> yes, okay, new friend grabbing new, the phone. Everybody here tonight is new friends for me. So, uh, yeah, I flew in from the U.S., so I'm, you know, just kind of, I love, I mean. Isn't it amazing? Too bad it's a podcast. You I can't see what no, we're No, but we can explain. I've explained the silhouette of a huge, oh, ginormous so metal structure behind us. Yeah. And the lights reflecting in the water and the boats floating on the water. We could oh, be anywhere. the phone right here. Oh, you've sent the guy to go and get the phone you've got. How much has John been drinking? <laughs> Probably not as much as me. Here he goes. He's coming back. <laughs> Thank you. I apologize to whoever's listening. <laughs> Millions. Okay. All right. Well, we'll continue the story. Uh, remind me where we left off. Uh, we left off where you have learned to fly. You've got your license. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, and then I, yeah, I had this idea in my head about... Wondering, you know, if you got high up enough, what would the solar eclipse look like? And I've learned a lot of people aren't sure what a total solar eclipse is compared to a partial eclipse or a lunar eclipse. A total solar eclipse is when the moon perfectly aligns in between the sun and the earth. So the, the sun is shining on the moon and the moon casts its shadow onto the earth. So they're pretty rare. First time a solar eclipse had went across the U.S. in 99 years. So, but if you're inside that moon shadow, which is called totality, literally a night and day difference than when you're at 99% totality. It's 10,000 times brighter at 99%. So it was very crucial to be right at that 100% totality zone. But <laughs> I started realizing the moon shadow moves at 2,000 miles per hour and it's it's only 60 miles wide, roughly. So to intersect a plane to be inside the moon shadow is quite difficult. And especially, I, I just wasn't sure yet how I was going to do this. But then about a year before the eclipse, 
Alaska Airlines announced, uh, they did this big announcement on social media, it went uh, quite viral, and they were they announced that they were having one of their entire aircraft uh, that was going to be flown deliberately inside the moon's shadow, but it was already reserved for astrophysicists and astronomers and whatnot, but they were keeping one seat open for a lucky winner to be on this flight. All you had to do to apply was submit a 30-second video explaining why you should be the one on the plane. So I'm like, this is it, you know? This is exactly what I've been waiting for and hoping for, you know? So I put all my effort, my whole heart and soul into this 30-second video. I, com I uh, hired an animator for it. I composed music for it. I bought a nice microphone for the voiceover, you know, all this stuff. Um, and I was looking at the other submissions being sent in, and, you know, everybody was putting very little effort, it seemed. Not, not a lot of editing, you know, and I, my confidence was building, and I thought, I think I actually have a, a chance at this. But all my eggs were in this basket. But the problem is they didn't announce the winner of this contest until less than a week before the eclipse. And they finally announced the winner, and I lost. And I was so devastated. And I'm just thinking... What am I going to do now? You know, I only have a few days left. I live in New York City, which is nowhere near the moon shadow path, which goes through sort of the central part of America. So I'm like a thousand miles away. And so then I thought, after laying in bed depressed for several days, or about a day, I finally roll out of bed and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to look at all the commercial flights around the country and for the morning of the eclipse and compare all these commercial flight paths to the moon shadow path. And, you know, I was trying to do the math and I was immediately pulling my hair out because I thought, there's no way any of this is going to work out. You know, I was trying to think, okay, if this plane is leaving this city at this time and flying 500 miles per hour cruising speed, maybe it'll cross the moon shadow at this time. And I just thought, there's no way. Even if any of these flights are one or two minutes delayed, it's not going to work. So, right before giving up, I found one flight on Southwest Airlines that was leaving from Portland, Oregon to St. Louis, Missouri. And the flight path itself matched the moon shadow path. So, there wasn't much of an intersection you had to worry about. So, and <laughs> I kid you not, there was one seat left. And I booked the flight. And now I have to book another flight to get from New York City to Oregon, fly across the country the day before the eclipse which ended up being the biggest travel day in history as well in the U.S. Uh, so it was, you know, quite an expensive flight. And um, I didn't care, though. But So I get to Oregon the day before. But the biggest thing I'm nervous about, um, I'm sure a lot of your listeners might not know, that um, Southwest Airlines doesn't have any assigned seating. They don't have first class or anything either. And they have something called A-list whatever, but that was also sold out. So I tried to check in online as early as I could. Um, uh, 24 hours before and I get group C seat 18 and group C is the last group and I'm like I'm gonna be the last person on this flight you know uh, I'm not even gonna get a window seat let alone a window that's up front so that the wing isn't in the way of the shot you know all these factors all these odds are already against me so uh, I brought $600 with me to the airport ready to bribe somebody for their window seat and uh, so I, I get to the airport, 
and I don't know what the odds of this happening are, but that Alaska Airlines flight, that the contest that I wanted to win so badly, happened to be leaving, leaving out of the same city, out of the same airport, out of the gate right next to ours. And they're having this huge eclipse party. I mean, literally a red carpet event. There's all these celebrity astrophysicists and stuff there, news cameras everywhere. And I see there's the person that beat me in the contest right there in front of me. And I turn around and I look at our gate and it says that our flight is 25 minutes delayed. And I am like, you've got to be kidding me. This is, <laughs> this is not okay. So, so I, I'm now I'm like, I'm trying to rub elbows with all these people at Alaska Airlines having this big eclipse party. Are you sure there's not an empty seat? I, I'll have $600. I'll, you know, I'll do whatever it takes. Just let me know. But it was de definitely full. And uh, so they're all partying and getting on their flight celebrating. And I'm just, you know, very sad because I think I'm going to miss. I'm not even, not only am I, the flight not going to work out, but I'm going to miss the whole eclipse. 20 years in the making. Yes, 20 years since uh, being 12 years old, looking forward to this. And now I'm going to miss the whole thing. So, um, but eventually somebody finally announced to our gate uh, saying thank you so much for your patience ladies and gentlemen there's a reason why we've delayed the flight today as most of you have heard by now there's a very historic moment happening in our country for the first time in 99 years you know a solar eclipse blah 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 these three gentlemen standing next to me here are three executives from Southwest Corporate that flew out from our headquarters in Dallas and they brought eclipse glasses with them and all the drinks on today's flight are solar eclipse themed drinks so bloody mary is going to be called a solar flare and stuff and they're all free on today's flight and we deliberately the best news of all we deliberately delayed our flight just in time so that we could ensure we're inside the moon shadow and that i mean that's i was so relieved i almost died of my relief and um so now i just keep thinking i should really introduce myself to these executives that she just introduced but first, I, I decide I should probably open up my camera bag, get all my camera gear out of my, out of my bags, and you know maybe throw them over my shoulder, show maybe I'm legit, maybe I know what I'm doing, and I'm wearing a NASA t-shirt. Yeah. And, um, and so I, uh, I walked up to them, and I told them some of my story, and I actually showed them my Alaska Airlines video on my phone because uh, it's only 30 seconds, you know, and they said, those are your photographs in that video? I said, yeah. And you flew across the country from Manhattan to be here to take photos of this just in case from our flight? I said, yeah, but I really need a window seat. <laughs> you know? And they're like, okay, come with us. And I'm the first person on the plane, like pre-pre-boarding. And they introduced me to the entire flight crew, the, all the flight attendants, the, the captain, the first officer, everybody. And they said, this guy's on a mission. We need to help him achieve this vision. And they said, pick whatever seat you want. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. So now my next goal is to find the cleanest window on the plane. So I'm looking through all these windows and I run back to the front of the plane and I said, you guys, I can't shoot out of any of these windows. The outside of the plane is too dirty. And the captain, uh, the pilot, he overhears me and he says, hold on, I, why don't you sit in the front row on the left side of the plane instead? I think I might be able to get your window clean. So the pilot himself gets into the cockpit, he gets all these cleaning supplies out, and he gets out of the plane, moving using the moving jetway thing you get on the plane with, and he reaches out and he washes my window from the outside of the plane. And there are a lot of video, 
visuals that you saw today, by the way, that um, the listeners won't be able to see. You but. literally had the captain's hand with a rag <laughs> on the outside yeah. of the plane. <laughs> yeah, um, which you can, if they look up online, they can find it. But um, the 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 hit behind the scenes photos, I think, are pretty entertaining. Um, so yeah, there's a photo I took of the captain himself actually washing my window from the outside of the plane and I couldn't believe it and from behind his hand I could see that Alaska Airlines flight and now I'm getting treated like royalty by Southwest executives you know and I can't believe how well this is going so now I just think I might as well ask for more <laughs> so I now I start collaborating with the captain and I said okay look I've been really I've been envisioning this since I was 12 years old. I really want to make it look like we're in space, you know, because the moon shadow is going to block out the Earth's atmosphere. We're going to see through the Earth's atmosphere in the middle of the daytime, and the moon's going to be beneath us. So I need to get at least a 180-degree view of the Earth. But shooting through this little tiny window, I need to do what's called a photographic mosaic, where you take hundreds of shots and stitch them all together like a giant puzzle later. Is there any way, while we're in the moon shadow, that you could turn the plane around <laughs> he's you know kind of rolling his eyes this is obviously an absurd request he's like uh i would have to get approval by the faa to do that the federal aviation administration it's like I, I i know i know this is absurd to ask and he's like i mean but it is a very exciting day it's very historic and we have some executives on board and everybody's so excited we've already delayed the flight already to be in the moon shadow Maybe there's a chance, but don't get your hopes up. You know, this is a very slim chance to do this. And I was like, hey, that's all I'm asking. It's, you know, so we climb up, we go to cruising altitude at 35,000 feet. And about five minutes before totality starts, the captain comes onto the intercom and he's like, all right, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to do what's called an S-turn maneuver and I'm going to turn the plane around. I was like, oh my God, he's going to do it. So... I'm sweating and shaking. I'm trying to take all these shots and practice shots, try to get all my exposures right. I have three cameras going at once and a lot of work I put into this preparing. And um, and I immediately realized he's he's hardly turning the plane. You know, it's I'm not getting nearly enough of the earth in that I was visualizing. And obviously it's out of my hands. I've Nothing I can do now. But then all of a sudden the flight attendant is sitting right in front of me because I'm in the front row, so the flight attendant's right in front of me, facing me, and she gets a call from the captain, and she says, um, John, the captain wants to know, how was that turn? <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? This really is my private jet that I was dreaming about. And I said, actually, since you're asking, it wasn't good enough? <laughs> he, he said it wasn't good enough, it's gotta be a sharper turn. So the, the pilot climbs up another 4,000 feet to do these sharper turns because you actually lose altitude when you turn the plane sharper. And he ends up turning the plane around five different times while we're in the moon shadow. And I, I couldn't believe it. And uh, anyway, there's also another visual of the flight plan that I... It's like a wavy line <laughs> along the, the, the moon shadow path. And it was an incredible that you you managed to get them to steer the plane in this meandering way. Yeah, the pilots, we became friends after, you know, and um, he sent me that flight path uh, after, and I, oh my God, it's hilarious. Um, and uh, 
anyway, yeah, so that that's essentially the story. Um, and I, uh, well, that's only the beginning of the story, really. But I, I spent, I, I took over 1,200 photos during those few minutes and uh, spent endless hours, hundreds of hours. Uh, it took me an entire year to finish the image. I was actually rushing to get it done in time for the one-year anniversary. This is the one of the th things that absolutely blew my mind, that the amount of time after the actual capture yeah. of that moment was the assembling and the... I, I have no idea of the process, but I'm imagining a lot of work in front of a screen. You're basking in pixels. You're manipulating pixels. You are honing this to perfection. And when you showed that on the screen in front of everybody in the auditorium today, there was a simultaneous intake of breath as if you had just shown people the most beautiful thing they'd ever seen. And I was, I teared up. I can't remember the last time I looked at a photograph that it made me so emotional. And I'm like that now. Thank you. <laughs> it makes me emotional still, you know, and I'm tired of seeing it too. <laughs> <laughs> After staring at it for hundreds of hours all year, but um, is, there any, is there a URL, a URL where you could release that oh, yeah. now, so that only at the end of the this audio oh, yeah, people yeah. get to view it? Oh, where absolutely. can they find that image? Yeah, thank you. Um, it's just my name, uh, John Carmichael .com. John is without the H J O N, Carmichael C A R M I C H A E L. Most people in the UK know how to spell Carmichael. I've learned, which is nice. Uh, yeah, just johncarmichael.com. Um, you could also just Google, you know, uh, Southwest Airlines Eclipse or 108 is the name of the photo I titled it. There's a long story why it's called 108, um, like 10-year story, but um, <laughs> another we'll long Save story. that for a different podcast. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but right now I will say that check it out because you will see the culmination of this man's work. And this is passion. This is... This is someone who, who has managed to ride the, the, the obstacles, the constant obstacles. And you mentioned the Dalai Lama, who is someone also very close to my heart. And tell me why. Oh, well, I've been a fan of his for quite some time. Uh, my friend was the sound engineer for the Dalai Lama. No way! He's the only person... Okay, my friend is a very pretty hardcore individual. Very, he's easily moved, but he he put his hand. He was touched by the Dalai Lama, and he's not a religious person, my friend, right. in any way, yeah, shape, or form. Right. But he burst into tears when it happened, oh, wow. like being he touched by his holiness. Okay, now I have to show you a photo. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> now it's going to be a so. This is you being hugged by the Dalai Lama. What is going on there? In his home. No! Oh, stop it! Dharm Dharmshala, India. Stop yeah. it! I ended up uh, uh, becoming his photographer for three days. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah. So I, I, I have the same birthday as him. We're a half a century apart in age, and uh, July sixth is my birthday. And um, I've read all of his books, you know, and. Um, you mentioned the Dalai Lama because I, in my speech today, I mentioned um, my favorite quote by him, which, which is, um, "Remember that sometimes not getting what you want can be a wonderful stroke of luck." And by the way, I looked at all the social media of that Alaska Airlines contest I wanted to be in so badly. They weren't even over American soil; they flew over the Pacific Ocean. They were covered in clouds and fog. 
the person that won the contest was sat right over the wing, so I would have had nothing if I would have gotten what I wanted so badly and I was so devastated about. So it, it was like everything just felt like things didn't work out, and then I found out later for the better, you know, blessings in disguise sort of thing, and, you know, it, 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 it really makes you think, yeah. If the universe was a record, you were sat in the groove for the longest time. Yeah, it felt like, uh, you know, these almost miraculous things were happening, you know, that I... And I, I was feeling it, too, uh, as I was shooting the images. Um, I mean, I was so terrified that what if something is wrong in my cameras or I have settings wrong or whatever. I mean, that's why I had several cameras, but... Uh, and then, um, you know, I shared a little bit about the diamond ring moment I got today. You got um, the most incredible point of of the eclipse because you've literally got the light coming through the the valleys of the moon yeah yeah and that was just uh coincidentally um i was having a really hard time getting that last shot of the you know the eclipse itself was kind of an important puzzle piece of the whole mosaic right not just the earth but um yeah i uh it was the flight attendants that saved the day that on that one um, I'm not normally supposed to share this part of the story, actually, but because Southwest Airlines, I've prior to releasing this photo publicly, we had I had many calls with uh, Southwest Airlines PR and legal department and stuff. Oh, this is nothing but good for them, really. But. Yeah, no, I know, but technically, so I'll just share it, whatever. <laughs> but um, uh, one of the one of, second to last turn, or maybe the last turn, um, I. Uh, I was still not getting a clear shot, a close-up shot of the eclipse itself. Uh, and that's because of the, the nature of, of shooting through airplane windows, because the eclipse was pretty high up in the air. And so when you're shooting through a commercial airliner, there's many layers of plastic in the window. So you can only really get a clear shot if you're shooting straight out of the window. You can't really angle upward. Otherwise, it gets warped through the layers of plastic. So I was getting very frustrated. And then all of a sudden the flight attendants are, they're, both of them are standing up looking through their door window. And for those of you that might be able to visualize the little circular cross-check window it's called on the airplane, that's usually, at least in this type of aircraft, it's angled up higher than the passenger windows. And that's actually made of solid glass. There's no layers of plastic in that. And all of a sudden they said, John! The eclipse is right in our window. Come here, come here, come here. So they move out of the way while we're doing these rather illegal turns. So, you know, that's what uh, I'm not supposed to share. That The flight attendants were like, get up out of your seat and come, you know. Anyway, but I was very thankful for that because, I mean, that saved the whole day because uh, I looked out the window and there it was just centered perfectly in this small little window. And the window just barely fit my lens and... I almost forgot to take a photo because it was just so beautiful and I was looking at the eclipse for the first time with my naked eye in that moment and I was in such awe and uh, I only got a glimpse for like two seconds and I, I almost forgot to take the photo as I took the photo, got the data and as soon as I took the photo, bam, it was broad daylight suddenly and it was gone. How long yeah, was that? that? How long was the, the shutter open for? Oh, it's quite fast. Well... Yeah, I had to shoot because you know we're flying 500 miles per hour. You know, there's some bumps here and there. So I, that, that I mean, that was a big uh, reason why I was so nervous. 
did I have the settings right or not? Because everything was happening so fast that I don't have quite enough time to really look at the images and and tweak it, you know, and everything's happening so fast. So all the images for, I don't know if any of your listeners are photographers, but every image I was taking, I was bracketing nine exposures for every image. So um, just in case, you know, uh, and I, I had to use a lot of those in-between exposures when I was piecing it all together. So I'm glad I did that. But yeah, so that, that last moment uh, that I was shooting through the door window um, happened to be the diamond ring moment. What you're talking about is magic. It, it really, yeah. I mean, I didn't think I believed in magic, but now I sure do. You know, it, it was like, uh, it really felt like the stars were aligning, no pun intended. But, um, you know, that it really felt like this was supposed to happen, you know. And now I'm starting to understand why, because I didn't know it at the time, of course. I had no idea that the photo would go so viral, um, I mean, I was hoping it would make an impact of some kind as what I try to do in my other artwork, but uh, I had no idea that people would be quite so moved by it. And so um, it really felt like this image represents so much more than I was initially striving for. Um, it, speaks, it speaks on so many levels. It speaks to our curiosity it speaks about wonder it speaks about art it speaks about things bigger than us it reminds us where we are in the universe it it is a multi-dimensional beautiful moment and this is exactly why i come to thinking digital to meet people like you and to hear stories like this oh thanks i'm so thank you for having me and also for me what it really represented was unity because we don't get a lot of that these days in the u.s and other places but you know coming together yeah it was a, a tr the most beautiful day where hundreds of millions of people literally all came together and looked up everybody paused for a day and looked up at the heavens and everything on the on the news all the media abc nbc cbs even fox news you know they're all covering this beautiful moment and nothing was divided anymore for just a day you know and it was just this beautiful moment of unity and that's just shows a glimpse of what astronomy does you know we, we're all astronomers deep down our ancestors were all obsessive astronomers you know and, and it, astronomy brings us curiosity but you know we we have light pollution now we have electricity for the first time in a you know human history for only the last hundred years or so you know so we have light pollution now we don't get to see the galaxy every single night like our ancestors used to see so you know we've really lost that sense of awe and curiosity and wonder so anyway I could go on and on about that how long till the next one uh, actually oddly enough this one you know the one before this was 99 years ago there's another one seven years after which is now two years in away. America in America yes uh, there is one going through Egypt actually which is going to be very historic because it's going to be one of the longest totalities in recorded history, going through Egypt, uh, through over the uh, pyramids, um, and that's in 2027, and that's going to be a seven and a half minute, I believe, totality, which is like this one was two and a half minutes. So book your flight now. What's that? Book your flight now. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm booking the hotel now. Things get very. <laughs> 
Yeah, millions See? of people are going to be going there. Yeah, so you'll want to definitely book a flight there. Yeah, yeah. Photographer John J O N, thank you so much for your time and the inspiration that you've given so many people here at Thinking Digital. Oh yeah, much appreciated. Yeah, thanks for randomly having me. Well, I've just grabbed you uh, yeah. momentarily. Can I get you a drink? I think my my friends might have left. I don't know, but anyway, I hope everybody enjoyed. Yes, yeah, yeah. Hey, I'll introduce you to some new friends. Oh, great! All right, sounds it. good. Cheers. Cheers, man. <laughs>